What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here's how the show goes. You hit me up with three or five questions dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, evangelization, discipleship, catechesis, relationship advice, the list goes on. I will then spend time with your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's good for you to become a saint however my disclaimer is this i'm not perfect therefore the advice that i share with you might not actually be good for you if that's the case then i want to give you the freedom to reject whatever it is that i say that does not help you to become a saint that does not help you to grow in your relationship with jesus christ and your walk toward eternity um, if you are a first-time listener you can hit me up with your own questions comments and critiques at www.ascensionpress.com slash ask father josh that's a S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R-J-O-S-H. Uh, you can also uh, rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats. And you can share us on your social media pages. This helps other people to find out about the show. If the show is a gift for you, potentially it could become a gift for other people as well. On today's show, we are going to talk about evolution. Uh, we're also going to talk about moral relativism. And we're going to talk about heaven. Heaven, heaven, heaven. What is heaven like? But before we get into those awesome topics, I want to share with you a glory story. I'm a glory story. Just as you know, I'm uh, not only pastor of Our Lady of the Holy Rosary Catholic Church in Santa Maria, Louisiana, but I'm also the director of vocations. And it's just been a great gift to be able to walk with uh, these these men who I'm walking with right now who are interested in and in being discipled, who are interested in discovering if they're if they are being invited by the Holy Spirit to give the seminary a shot to discern if they're called to be priests. It's just been such a gift. I've been meeting so many really cool, awesome men in my diocese. So I'm, I'm just blown away by their faith. It's very life-giving and edifying for me to be able to accompany them. And so that's been a huge gift. Um, and uh, and also another gift has been just seeing so many people uh, pray. You know, um, uh, I, last week, you know, we had uh, the elections. Uh, obviously, y'all didn't hear my podcast because a lightning struck my church and my offices. And so the whole system got fried. Uh, we are still working on fixing that. Uh, but we have some temporary solutions right now that are helping us to get by. And so because of that, I wasn't able to prepare you for the elections, but uh, to accompany in that week. But but now a week has gone by and uh, it seems that we have a new president in Joe Biden. Uh, I think President Trump is going to try to fight against that. But nonetheless, uh, it, it, it seems like that's the direction we're going in. But for me, it was so beautiful to, to witness on social media that week of the elections. So many people pray. So many people make time for Jesus and talk about prayer on social media, about the rosaries they're praying, inviting people to pray rosaries with them online, on Zoom, on these different apps. Um, so many people coming to church, having their churches host Eucharistic adoration all day long. And and so uh, my encouragement is if you were one of those disciples of Jesus Christ, one of those faithful Catholics who were, were intentional with praying last week whenever you wanted your candidate to win, whether your candidate was President Donald Trump. Jay Trump or Vice President uh, Joe Biden, um, if you were able to find time uh, to pray, to be with Jesus, to fast, to pray your rosaries, to intercede before the Blessed Sacrament, uh, then that means that you have time this week to also pray. 
and you have next week to pray, and you have the week after after that to pray as well. And so you, uh, my my encouragement is that like, man, it was such a a consolation in my heart to see so many people spend time with Jesus because no time spent with Jesus is a bad time. But if you had time last week, then you have time this week and every week after. So I want to encourage you to look at your your life and look at your schedule and maybe come up with a keepable rule of life so that you could continue to visit Jesus Christ in the Blessed Sacrament. You continue to listen to Jesus Christ speak to you in the Word of God. You continue to recite the Rosary and Divine Mercy Chaplets um, because uh, Jesus Christ is calling you to a relationship with Him. And I think it's going to break His heart if you only pray when you want something. Um, and if you stop praying once you either got it or didn't get it, uh, because God wants a living, vital relationship with you and I. And so glory story is I saw y'all do it. Um, and my hopeful story is that you continue to do it as well. <laughs> um, so that's my glory story for this week. Now let's get into some feedback. All right, feedback comes in from Emma. Emma writes this, your ministry is so important. Uh, has truly helped me to live a more holy life. After listening to one of your podcasts about marriage, I realized that my current dating relationship was not helping either of us to live a holy life. God gave me the grace to desire nothing less than a life in communion with him. So I ended it. What? Praise be Jesus Christ. Um, I've been able to grow my relationship with God and, and hope that I'm finally getting back on the right path. Thank you for sharing truth and for encouraging so many people to live holier lives. Know that I keep you in my prayers. Emma, Emma praise God. I, I'm so proud of you. I, I know that it can be so hard to detach from um, unhealthy friendships or relationships. Um, so the fact that you did that for Jesus is huge. And I, uh, I know that you put a smile on his face and that all the angels and saints in heaven rejoiced. Uh, and I just can't wait for you to become a saint so that you could see how they responded whenever you made that choice for Jesus, for the good of your relationship with our Lord. So yeah, that's the feedback. Now let's get into today's show. All right, first question comes in from Anonymous, and it's about evolution. Evolution, uh, my friend Dr. Chris Bagler wrote a really good book on on the church and science. Faith. It's called Faith and Reason. I forgot what it's called, but it's good. I took a class with him in seminary. Uh, Anonymous writes this, Hey, Father Josh, what does the Catholic Church mention about evolution and about the history of Homo sapiens? Is evolution actually linked and dated back with uh, church history? That, that's a, a great question um so there i guess we need to talk about like the different kinds of of creation whenever we like uh, of scientific you know uh formulas for creation so there's instantaneous instantaneous creation um there's theistic evolution and there's atheistic evolution as like the three formal thoughts that are out there um by you know people in the scientific field i would say instantaneous creation it basically holds that um, that we did not develop over time, but we were directly created by God. Like that's like the big bang theory. Like it just came out of nowhere. Boom. Um, then there's like theistic evolution, which would propose that we were developed from a previous form under God's guidance. So like, that's where you might get the, the, the evolution of like, we came from, uh, monkeys or whatever, and then over time, God infused the soul into to a male and a female, which would be Adam and Eve, who became our first parents, and that's why they were different from everything that preceded them. Um, and then, because of them being the two that were created, our mother and our father, um, in Africa, um, they 
at some point disobeyed God, and that's where we get original sin from, right? So it wasn't like a group of animals were infused with souls. It was like it would have been two could have been infused, a male and a female, and then from them, everything was different um, for for their species um, after. Um, and then the third, which is atheistic evolution, it says that basically one was developed due to just random forces alone apart from God. And so as far as like the Catholic Church's like position uh, or belief or unbelief when it comes to evolution, uh, there's not a, a settled case when it comes to the church. Um, the, the church is open to theistic evolution. The church is open to the Big Bang Theory, which was actually articulated and formulated by a Catholic priest, a Jesuit by the name of Father George Lamontre. The church definitely would only teach, the only, the only official teaching of the church is that atheistic evolution is not legit. Um, but as far as theistic evolution, as far as the Big Bang Theory, all of that, the church is certainly um, open open to that, right? So uh, we can uh, we can definitely be open to that. Uh, the church has infallibly um, taught through Vatican I that, that we all must confess that the world and all things within the world, both spiritual things and material things with regards to like our whole substance, um, has been produced by God from, from nothing. So like God is the one who, who, who started this whole thing. Um, at one point there was nothing and then something came out of that from God, by God's grace. That's in the canons on God, the creator of all things, canon five. Um, so the church does not have like an official stance when it comes to like the biological evolution and all that. Um, but we are, the, the the church is certainly open, open to a theistic evolution that, that could have happened, right? Pope Pius Twelfth he taught that um, the teaching authority of the church does not forbid um, that in conformity with the present state of human sciences and sacred theology, research and discussions, like basically with regards to evolution, um, insofar as it inquires into the origin of the human body as coming from a pre-existent and living matter. Um, the Catholic faith obliges us to, to hold that souls were immediately created by God. That's in Humanity Generis um, 36. So if the human body was developed over time, which would be the theistic evolution, you know, right, uh, philosophy or not, or if it just came out of nowhere, boom, um, we must hold that the soul was specially created by God and the soul did not evolve. The soul is given to us, right? It was implanted, it was given to us by God. So we can't, we can't hold anything different from that. So yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. So like, whereas, yeah, and so again, we have to believe that like this is why we have to like hold our theology with our philosophy, hold our faith and our reason together, I think, because where it could get confusing if we don't believe that the soul was infused at some point into whether, you know, whether it happened like the uh, the way Genesis says exactly how it, how it happened or whether it was, you know, whatever. We must believe that, this, that what sets humans apart is our soul um, because and, and that it was only a f- two people, Adam and Eve, that received it first because if we don't, then the whole doctrine of original sin goes out the window um, and nothing else makes sense, right? So, yeah, does that make sense? So basically, 
the church's official teaching is only that one cannot believe in atheistic evolution. But if you want to believe in theistic evolution, if you want to believe in Big Bang Theory, if you want to believe um, in just whatever, as far as it's not, <laughs> as long as it's not um, atheistic, you're good to go. All right. Next question is about moral relativism. Hey, Father, just from Jack. Hey, Father Josh, I have a question about moral relativism. In our modern day culture, it's become very popular to believe that there is no absolute truth and that moral subjective uh, saying things like you do you and YOLO or live your own truth are very common. Oh, I can't stand that phrase, live your own truth. What does that mean? How do we embrace Jesus Christ as the truth and to truly come to believe that what the church teaches is the truth when it comes to morality? In a secular culture that tells us that certain moral codes are simply social constructs, how do I practically put on the mind of Christ? Yes, that's the question right there. So I can remain grounded in the truth. That is a great, great, great question. So, um, yeah, I just, again, let's start with like relativism. When it comes to like relativism, there is some things are subjectively relative, um, but there is no such thing as like global relativism, uh, which basically says that, um, there's no absolute truth. But if one were to say that comment, there's no, no absolute truths, then it seems to me that that's a contradiction because then there's one absolute truth. And that absolute truth is that there's no absolute truths, which means you just contradicted yourself, which means that cannot be a real thing. There are clearly things that are objectively true and are not up to uh, subjective opinions, right? Things that are objectively true are things like gravity, what goes up must come down. Think about R. Kelly's song. I believe I can fly. Woo! I believe I can touch the sky. I think about it every night and day. Spread my wings and fly away. So, like, look, R. Kelly believes he can fly, but guess what, bro? You can't fly. If you really believe you can fly, then let's go on a plane together. Let me push you out that plane. And you can sing, I believe I can fly all day long. But guess what, bro? You're going to hit the ground. Right? Gravity is objectively true. And unless you got a parachute, you ain't flying. You've fallen, bruh. And so some things are objective. History is objective. Right? George Washington was the first president of the United States of America. Pope Francis is the current pope of the Catholic Church. Jim Crow laws were a very real thing in the United States of America. Slavery happened in America. Abortion um, is, is legal in America right now. These are all historical facts. These are all historical. History is objective. It's not subjective. It is objective. Um, and so, and so is morality, right? And morality is also objective. It is always wrong to dropkick grandma. It's always wrong to do that. It's never okay to go punch an old lady in the face, right? Um, and so the things that are subjective are things like taste. Like I happen to like vanilla ice cream over chocolate ice cream. I think Cheerios are better than Frosted Flakes, right? That's all subjective. So how do we then think with the mind of Christ? Great question. I say, spend time with Christ in scripture, to put on the mind of Christ, we must spend time with him. We must go to confession to have the sacrament of graces within our, our hearts and our lives and our minds. We must read the word of God, uh, adore Christ, and adoration is the imitation. But the more time we spend with Jesus, the more we're going to think like Jesus. And Jesus Christ is the truth. And so I would just simply propose that you spend time with the one who is truth. And you'll be able to see truth whenever you are watching television and listening to music and spending time with friends. So it's simple as that is Make sure you're immersed in the sacraments and make sure you're reading sacred scripture. All right, we're going to take a quick break and when we get back, we're going to dive into our final question. Confirmation prep is so important because it could be the moment where candidates connect deeply to their Catholic faith, even to Jesus Christ himself. 
but the gap between how it is and how it could be is often wide, especially these days, and parishes and their catechists could use vision, training, and strategy. I'm Colin McIver, an author at Ascension and also youth minister at a parish. We created the Catechist Field Guide to Confirmation to help catechists ace confirmation prep, no matter their skill or experience teaching teens. The Field Guide gives catechists the insights and guidance they need to feel confident as they take on the mission of sharing the faith with their confirmation candidates. The Field Guide contains a crash course in confirmation and understanding of the five stages of effective confirmation prep, classroom management strategies and information about teaching the faith, a deep dive into the art of confirmation, and let's not forget a section on how to use technology to navigate these unprecedented times. Our hope here at Ascension is that this field guide will be an important tool in making confirmation prep more of what it could be, a kickstart to lifelong discipleship for your candidates. To order your copy today, go to ascensionpress.com. And we're back. Quick reminder, keep me up with your own questions at AskFatherJosh at AssistionPress.com. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats. This helps other people to find out about the show. If it's a gift for you, it might be a gift for them as well. Last question comes in from Anonymous. Father Josh, avid listener here. Love your podcast. It makes me feel more inspired about connecting to Jesus as I am already trying to develop a relationship with him. I have a question about heaven. What's it like? I believe I heard we won't have our human foreign bodies in heaven. Will we be able to spend time with other family members there as well? Will we be able to look down and watch over the people we have left behind in our earthly world? I've been attempting to dwell in heaven, but I just want a clear picture. Thank you, Anonymous. Yeah, so um, I don't know. I've never been there. But I do know that John, the beloved disciple, saw a vision of heaven in Revelation. And when he saw the vision of heaven, he saw angels there who were worshiping God. He saw he saw saints. He saw the elders who were also before the throne of God crying out. And so um, in heaven, yes, we um, we will go there first in the beatific vision, just their souls. And then at the end of time, our bodies will be reunited with our souls, but our bodies will be glorified like the body of Jesus Christ is glorified. So they will probably look different than they look right now because remember when he resurrected, nobody recognized him. So yes, at the second coming, whenever um, our bodies and souls are reunited, we will probably look different. Uh, we will be able to see our loved ones um, if they are in heaven. If they're not in heaven, we won't see them. Um, and if we are in heaven, we will be able to intercede for our loved ones on earth because the, the goal of the saints, the desires of the saints is for all of us to abide in total communion with Jesus Christ. And so the saints have made it in their journey and they want us to accompany them in the journey forever um, as well. And so that's kind of what heaven's like. It's, it's looking at God, worshiping God, praising God and interceding for the members of, the, uh, of our family members and friends here on earth so that they can also come to join God. But remember, um, they might not make it to heaven. If that's the case, we will not see them in heaven. So uh, it's up to us to choose to accept God's grace in our walk toward eternity. All right, let's go ahead and pray uh, because uh, the effects of the lightning strike are messing up my system right now. So I don't want to talk too much before my thing crashes. In the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I, I will see you next week. God bless you, and be a saint. 